Welcome again, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Digital Killed the Radio Star podcast. Uh, this is David here along with uh, Chris. And uh, Chris, we're recording this on Sunday evening. How has your weekend been? It's been a good one, man. I mean, laid back. Not not anything special about you. Um, yeah, kind of the same thing. We've had some bad weather uh, come through here today that kind of hampered doing anything outside. But uh, it's starting to turn into a typical Mississippi summer. It's getting hot and humid and it rains and it gets even more humid after it rains. So, Yeah, I mean, I know we're not the weather channel, but the past couple of days it's been really humid. But today it was just, man, I'm talking like 78 degrees, picture perfect. And I've been on a patio for... Well, as we discussed, David, for all day. <laughs> so, but uh, but we're gonna go ahead and make it through this podcast. Well, this week has been a very, very good week for this podcast. Uh, I know with this one, we're probably gonna have a lot of new listeners. Uh, this past week, we just had a massive week as far as downloads. By far, our best week that we've ever had. And the cool thing about it is, it was. Uh, a lot of it was generated from a tweet that I had sent out two weeks ago about my morning jacket. And someone in their camp or somebody on their uh, Twitter got a hold of that and retweeted it. And literally, our downloads just started going up by the hour. Now, that's awesome. But the even more awesome thing is I can go back and look. And a lot of those people, like probably half of those people are going back and hitting our back catalog as well. So that means people, A, are liking what they're hearing and then wanting to go back and check and, and see uh, things that we've done in the past. And that that's really, uh, that's all we can ask for. And the, the podcast is growing and, you know, we're never going to charge money from this. We're not, you know, necessarily trying to get in this to be rich. Um, it's just something we enjoy doing. But the more listeners we have and, uh, the, the you know, the more notoriety we get, then there's some things that... We think we can pull off here, not, not in the not too distant future. They're going to be pretty cool, in as in the you know, as uh, guests that we could possibly have on here. So for everybody that's been listening, we really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. And as we always say, you can follow us on Twitter at Digital Killed. You can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, and it would be really great if you could leave us a. Uh, review and rate us. Um, my Facebook friend and a guy that follows us uh, on. Um, iTunes, Sonny Pooney from uh, San Fr- I think Sonny's in San Francisco, maybe. He uh, he wrote us a very nice review uh, on um, uh, on iTunes. We really appreciate that. So, Chris, um, I know I know you were excited when I was tweeting you, uh, not tweeting you, texting you some of the numbers and stuff this week, and uh, it, it definitely uh, definitely was a good week. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's, it's this is one thing you mentioned to me doing what several months ago. You're like, hey, man, you want to you want to do this podcast with me? And you know, I was kind of lukewarm on it. And you know, if nothing else, I want to do it to help a, a good friend of mine. And it after hearing this, you know, the stuff you're telling me and hearing you know actual statistics that we are growing makes you feel good. I mean, it gives you um it encourages it encourages to keep doing it. So. Keep listening. We'll keep doing it. That simple. Well, Chris, we had a good week download-wise, but the world of music had a bad week this week. Uh, Unfortunately, as most of you know, Chris Cornell, it appears at the time we're recording this, that he took his own life um, earlier this week. And, you know, as as you sit there and you think, uh, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about 
the great voices of rock. You know, one of the ones that you're always prone to throw out is Paul Rogers. You know, one of the great voices of rock. And I'm, I'm a big Rod Stewart fan. I think he has one of the best rock voices. Well, if you're going to mention those, in the conversation, in my opinion, has to be Chris Cornell. And um, very, just such a verse, very versatile. If you go and listen, like I have this week, to a lot of acoustic performances that he has done. For instance, um, he did the Prince and um, Sinead O'Connor song, Nothing Compares to You. Just an awesome rendition. I've, I've heard him do, this was really cool. He took the music from U2's one and put the lyrics from Metallica's one and played it. Um, just, oh, wow, that's cool. Just, you know, just an amazing voice. And I, I'm a Soundgarden fan. I have two of their, two full albums and then bits and pieces of other ones. Uh, you know, I was telling you the other day, there's probably 20, 25 songs of theirs I really like. I'm by no means a, histor- a Soundgarden historian, but their music is, is very, very good. And his voice is just so powerful that, uh, you know, the world of rock music is going to be worse off for him not being around, you know, notwithstanding the personal loss to his family and friends. Chris, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Cornell's, Cornell's, you know, his career? You know, the um, before I, I'm, this is, if I don't say this right now, I'm going to forget it. Anybody listening to this, if you're on Twitter, follow Ricky Rackman. Um, if you don't know Ricky Rackman, he, he was the uh, host of Headbangers Ball. The reason why I'm telling you this is if you're a fan of Chris Cornell, it, if you don't follow Ricky Rackman, at least just go onto his Twitter and look at this. He posted a video that was about 30 seconds long, and it was it had to have been right when Super Unknown was getting big. And it's the saddest thing to me. It just shows how playful he was, and he's just teasing Rackman like crazy. And, it's again, it's about a 30-second maybe even longer clip. Um, go look at that. It, it made me sad, but at the same time, if you're a fan, I think you just want to look at it. Anyway, I want to get that up, out before I even go. My, fa- my my thoughts on him, yeah, I, I agree. He is one of the great rock voices, and when you think American voices, yeah. I mean, you couldn't say he's an American version getting up there with somebody like a Paul Rogers. I was it a... Never been a super big Soundgarden fan, you know that, but their early stuff I thought was great. And when I say early stuff, I know a lot of people that are just casual fans. And again, I don't claim to be much more than that. But a lot of people that are casual fans think, you know, Bad Motor Finger, when Outshine came out, that was their first album. That was their third album. Um, the first one, uh, Ultra Mega OK, it's, it's pretty tough to find. But Louder Than Love is really the first one that I guess you can get with ease. And it's just a, it's, it's a metal record and that and bad photo, bad motor fingers, some of this cooler stuff of theirs. And that's the stuff I love about him, but his voice was just absolutely amazing. And the thing, if you ask, what are my true thoughts with course Cornell is grunge. It feels like the movement that took over and, you know, we've talked about this. We're going to do a podcast on grunge and how it killed glam radio. But we've talked. The thing, about, the way I feel about about his passing is it really killed grunge music because now we have Kurt Cobain gone, Andrew Wood and Mother Love Bone gone, 
We have, um, help me out, uh, Scott Weiland, gone. Lane Staley. We, we have Lane Staley, Mike gone. Mike Starr. And so the only person we really have left as far as mainstream grunge, really, I mean, unless I'm getting this wrong, you can tell me I am, but as far as mainstream grunge, Eddie Vedder. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's all we have for vocalists, and it's uh, it's sad. I mean, it's all been drugs and suicide, which, I mean, honestly, kind of, for the most part, kind of go hand in hand. I know I rambled like crazy, but that's just my thoughts on it. It's just, it's, it's sad. It feels like the, the that grunge movement that just took over the world, it's almost gone. You know, and, and the, the really sad thing is, is, you know, obviously I didn't know him, but there doesn't appear to be the same pattern of behavior for him as Kurt Cobain or Lane Staley or Scott Weiland. It's not, you know, and that's what's so, um, that's what's so shocking. And then, you know, you go back and you think about some, this is, I heard another podcast saying this today. So this is not original thought, but they, they were basically saying, I hope people don't go back and look at songs that he wrote 23, 24 years ago and try to pull out lyrics. You know, like, obviously it's the day I tried to live, blow up the outside world, like a suicide. Those are some of the songs and try to make it, you know, to where people are psychoanalyzing him, you know, 25 years ago, was he planning this? You know, um, I don't think that's the case. And I hope, you know, when it's all said and done that people aren't going to just remember how he died. Um, and it's going to be more, you know, he was, he was beloved by everybody. I, I've seen Metallica, Hart, Lincoln Park, um, just you name it, have done um, you know tributes to him over this weekend. And Chris, I was going to throw this out here for you. Um, like I said, Sonny Pooney and I were going back and forth on uh, Facebook last night. Um, tell me, tell me your thoughts on this because he and I are in agreement on this. Let's say Soundgarden does get back for one show. They want to do one show in Seattle, kind of in a, memor- a memorial to thank everybody. It's got to be Richie Kotzen on vocals, doesn't it? Okay. Their, vo- their vocals are so similar. And if people do not know, yes, it's a perfect opportunity to look up Richie Kotzen. Um... My thoughts are, if it's one show, fine. But you know this as well as I do. With the, I mean, you know this. I've, I've told you this a lot. With the exception of people like Bon Scott passing, I just feel like once once they pass, hang it up. And so I, I, I don't want them to go on. But to do a show, yeah, I mean, Richie Kotzen is the best answer period no question yeah you know i don't i don't see them going on for one thing matt cameron has the pearl jam gig um you know ben shepherd the bass player i may be wrong but i don't think he was exactly happy with just them going out and playing the hits um you know i think he wanted to still be um you know recording new music which they they did put out a pretty good album a couple years ago and then uh kim thile you know uh, I'm not sure about him, but I mean, none of them I would expect need need the money. Um, no, no, they don't. It's just I just don't like it. I mean, we've talked about this again. I mean, ACD. I'm gonna say it again. ACDC, Bon Scott passing. He bringing Brian Johnson. That's an exception. And I know people have told me that the uh, Allison James stuff with their their new singer is good, but. Honestly, I haven't listened to it. 
because to me, I mean, it's just, it's my personal opinion, and I know how much of a role Link's, or, um, Jerry Cantrell plays in the vocals, but to me, Allison Chains died when Lane Staley died. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and I feel they, like Soundgarden died the other day. Yeah, I think they did. And um, that's all we'll pretty much say about uh, – Chris, for right now, uh, we do have... It's, it, but it is sad. It, yes. it, it's sad, and, and we talked about... I don't think he was a substance guy. Um, I, I've heard he was on some anxiety medications, depression medications, but I don't think he was ever a substance guy. Because um, if, if you don't know anything about him, look at... you know I, I mentioned Andrew Wood of Mother Love Bone. Look up the... You can go to eBay, and I'm sure, there's on, it's, I'm sure it's on there, but Andrew Wood of Mother Love Bone. Look at the special, the, Andy, the Andrew Wood story. He lived with Chris Cornell because Andrew Wood was a junkie, and Chris Cornell was a clean guy, and he brought him in to live with him just to try to save him. So I, I don't, I, I don't think that's really the the case with him, but it's just, I don't know, man. Isn't 2016 over? Right. Yeah. You. They need to wrap Eddie Vedder in, you know, bubble wrap. He's the last one, man. As far as as far as the big stars, he's the last one of that movement. Well, and like Chris mentioned a few minutes ago, we are going to do a um, a grunge podcast coming up soon. Uh, but it's one that we're really going to put a lot of work into because we really want to get to the um, basically how the movement started, what it did to kill hair metal, and then uh, in our opinion, who were the best that came out of it. So. Um, Chris has already read a book. I'm reading the, se- the 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 same book. I'm just a little bit behind. Sometimes life happens, and you don't get to read as much as you um, as you would like. But that's coming in the future, and that's a podcast that we're really going to put a lot of effort into. So it's going to be a good one. So that's not the last you're going to hear from us um, about uh, Chris Cornell or Soundgarden or Grunge, for that matter. Well, uh, Chris, before we get to our topic this week. I know you have an album that you've listened to that you kind of want to say a few words about. Yeah, um, Stephen Van Zandt, also known as Little Stephen, the Bruce Springsteen band, he put out his first album and I'm not going to even try to guess how many years. It's been a long time. But I think, it's an album called I think, Soul Fire. I think I read it was like 15 or something. Okay, and I would have even guessed longer, So, but you're probably right on that one. It's been a really long time, and uh, I've been looking forward to this one. And in particular, the reason I've really been thinking, really reason I've been looking forward to it is there's one song they've been playing on really all over Sirius Radio, the the Springsteen channel, Little Steven's Underground Garage, uh, Spectrum, many channels I've heard. song called St. Valentine's Day, which is just incredible. I mean, as far as I, I give it, a, I give it five stars, that song in particular. The album itself, you know, it's it's hit or miss. But it's got it's an eclectic mix. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's we've talked about over the last few weeks a lot of punk albums, um, you know, bands like Asteroid that are metal and all. So this is just kind of more of an adult rock album, and it's got a it's very diverse as in Springsteen sounding songs, straight up blues tracks. There's one on it that sounds like it's straight from you know. The doo wop air, just uh, or just an oldies classic song. It's um, it's worth checking out if you're a fan of Little Steven, or even if you're a fan of Springsteen. Again, that one's called Soulfire. Came out Friday. 
uh, I'm still getting a ju- I'm just getting used to it, and I can tell you that after after getting it on Friday, I've started to get more and more into it. So I think it's going to continue to grow on me, but it's worth checking out. And you know, as you always say, David, where I said I'm, I just got it on Friday, I did buy it. So support these artists if you're a fan of Little Steven. I know he doesn't need the money, but probably make him feel really good to know that somebody's buying his record. So check it out, Little Steven, Soulfire. That's right. my review of the week. And if uh, if he if you don't buy it, he may turn into Silvio Dante, and you just never know what could happen to him on your way to your car. <laughs> Yeah, he may not make it. So go ahead and buy it, and let's let's not let's not risk that one. Every time I see him, that's all I can picture. Because Sopranos is my favorite show of all time, and I'm just like, man, that's Silvio Dante right there on stage. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was watching one time. I was watching. Um, actually, I think it was the Super Bowl. If you remember when they did the uh, the halftime special, my brother-in-law. He, he, I mean, he doesn't know anything about Springsteen. They were playing, and all of a sudden, here comes Little Steven, and he went. Man, that looks like the guy on the, on the Sopranos. <laughs> and I said, it is. And that that's what's kind of funny, you know. People that have watched that show that aren't Springsteen fans, that's what they that's what they know him as. You, I, I just know him as a gifted songwriter. Are you a Sopranos fan? Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you remember the episode where Tony's girlfriend turns it to a song that Little Steven's playing on? He goes, I turn it out. I never really liked that anyway. No, nah, I, I don't remember <laughs> it. It's been so long. Anyway, well, this week's um, um, topic is going to be an easy one. Uh, it's going to be kind of like a few weeks ago when we did our favorite albums. We're just going to talk about some of our favorite songs. And for me, uh, this isn't a ranking. Um, you know, if I did a top 100 songs, this may be, you know, 15 or 16 of them and could be anywhere from number one to number 100. Uh, I tried to uh, come up with different songs from different genres. Uh, as much as possible and just songs that i just like to listen to and there's going to be a couple on here chris you're probably going to laugh at and people in the on the audience are probably laugh at and give me a hard time but uh this is a fun one and we just talk about you know why we like this song and some of these are are just really uh i like them because of memories they bring back of when i got into them so chris we haven't discussed uh, order yet uh you want to go first or you want me to go first why don't you take this one? Okay. All right. So what we're going to do is we're just going to read through them and talk about them instead of saying, you know, this is my number 10, this is Chris's number 10. So my first one, let's see here. I got a list here. Let me just kind of like pick one out. I'm going to go with a song off Exile on Main Street by the Rolling Stones called Torn and Frayed, which is one of the more country songs on Exile on Main Street. And I, I've, I've been a fan of Exile on Main Street for a while, but what really made me start liking this song was the, Rolling, the Black Crows started covering this a lot uh, in their concerts. <clears throat> and the version they do, is re- it's, it's a really good version. And so it made me go back to Exile and pay more attention to uh, Torn and Frayed. And it's just a song that I listen to a lot. I have it on a lot of different playlists. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's just kind of got a cool... Uh, chorus and, and the verses are cool and it's just more of a country song and so it's uh it's one i like it's one of my favorite rolling stone songs it's they they never i think they've played it once or twice live uh in the last 30 years because if you're playing it's not a song that if they're playing in a stadium it's going to translate well to a stadium if you were one of those people who got to see them like in a bar or you know a thousand seat um theater or something like that like they're prone to doing 
uh, this would be a great one to see live. So, Chris, are you familiar with the song? I am. I really am, and I, I love I love that whole stretch of albums they did what in the, in the late '60s. And yes, I'm very familiar with Exile, and I'm from very familiar with that song. And it's that's a great one. That's a really good choice. And I I thought about just on my own my own list. I almost felt like, man, I've got to add a Stone song, which I could easily put one on. But um, as of now, unless unless towards the end of this. I just get this sudden urge. I'm not going to have one on mine, you know, just a little teaser there. But, uh, no, I love the pick, man. I love the pick. Great okay. song off a great album. So, so far, I All like right. where you're going. All right. I know you're going to like this next one. The My next song is the opening song off R.E.M.'s Life's Rich Pageant, Begin the Begin. This is one of my favorite R.E.M. songs. And I feel like, especially in their first four or five, maybe six albums, uh, this was the most uh, rocking song, I guess you could say, uh, and, and it's very cool. I love the breakdown of the guitar, almost like a, a flamenco flamenco style picking there for a split second a couple of times in the song. And the song just has a lot of energy, and compared to the three albums before, uh, the production value is a little bit better in my opinion, and it's just more of a standard um, rock song by them. Uh, I know they played it when they got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so it's obviously one they like. Uh, it's off Life's Rich Pageant. Chris, I know Life's Rich Pageant is if maybe, if not your most favorite, one of your most favorite R.E.M. albums, so I, I thought you would enjoy this song. Hands down, my favorite R.E.M. album. And a great opening track to an album. I, I didn't see you going there. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. Um, I'm surprised by that one. I, I love the pick. It's it's a great tune. Like I said, my absolute favorite REM album. I mean, you could have picked any song on that album, and you're not going to get any kind of dispute from me. Right. So it's a very good album. If you're not familiar with REM, that would be one of the ones I would say. Hey, you might want to start off with. All right. My next one, Chris, is uh, my left field one, and I'm going to ex- give me a second to explain it before you pick your jaw up off the floor. Okay. It's a song by Cindy Lauper. And it's called Money Changes Everything. And it was originally written by, I think they were a punk band called The Brains. And it is off her She's So Unusual soundtrack. I mean, an album, the one that was so big in the 80s. And I think it was like the fifth single release. So it just didn't get a ton of airplay. But if, if people, if you're out there laughing at me, go listen to it. <laughs> go, go. Likely. Likely, go listen to it first, and then tell me that's not a rocking song. And it's a rocking song with an accordion. And I listen to this song a lot. Like I look on my iTunes um, library, you know, songs I play a lot. This is one that for the last four or five years I have just listened to a, a lot. I will look it up on YouTube and watch her perform it live. So that's one that um, I told you I had one that was going to be out of left field and. You wouldn't probably uh, agree with, but don't judge it until you hear it. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna knock this one. I don't know it. I honestly don't know it. I, it but the fact that I, the reason why I know I can't beat you up too much is I do own Cindy Lauper's greatest hits. Okay. It's not on there, right? But, but that being said, I do appreciate Cindy Lauper and. 
You know, the one thing I'm going to always preach on this podcast to people is music is subjective. And I've said this before. If you love NSYNC, roll the windows down and blast it if it makes you happy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's hard for me to make fun of it. I think she's a talented artist. I just, I'm not familiar with it. Well, my next one, um, so I dare any anybody out there in podcast land that thinks they're going to make the segue I'm about to make, just see if anybody else does this. So we're going to go from Cindy Lauper's Money Changes Everything to Master of Puppets by Metallica. This is my favorite Metallica song. I think this is the best song they've ever written. I love the story behind it. I love, you know, the lyrics. I love, sonically, I love the playing. I love the breakdown in the middle where it gets really slow. And to me, it's their best song. And it's obviously, you know, off what a lot of people consider one of the two or three greatest thrash albums of all time. But it has just enough rhythm to it, to me, to be appealing to people that, you know, that like a little more melody uh, with their thrash. And obviously it's a song they play live all the time. It's uh, very well liked amongst their fans and just really one of my favorite songs to listen to uh, on uh, any, any, no matter the mood. Master of Puppets is one I always like to listen to, whether it's the uh, version on the album of the same name or some of the live versions that have been released. So, Chris, obviously this is a song you're very familiar with. Great song. And you're right. Really, when it comes down to thrash albums, it seems like Slayer, Rain, and Blood is usually number one. And this is usually two or three. And um, that, that cut... How can I dispute its greatness? I love it. I love that song. So, I mean, again, other than not knowing the Cindy Lauper song, which I'm not going to knock, I'm, I'm loving the songs you're picking so far. All right, so we're going to go now from Metallica to Prince and the song Purple Rain. And if I had to rank these songs, this would probably be my, my favorite song of all time. This song came out when I was either seven or eight years old. It's one of the first cassettes um, that I ever owned. I got a, uh, a big I don't, a boom box or whatever you want to call it for Christmas. And my mom got me Purple Rain and like uh, the Footloose soundtrack. And anyway, I just love this song. This song always makes me feel, it always makes me feel good. And I feel like there's little touches on it that are just perfect. For instance, there's several places in the song where the heat, it's just a two second little run of feedback on the guitar, but it's perfect. And the guitar solo is so good. The chorus, the way it ends, it's just an anthemic song. I think it's his best work he's ever done. I love it when Prince really plays the guitar. And he, he you know, great solo on this song. Obviously, it's one of the iconic songs of the 80s from one of the biggest albums of the 80s and, you know, one of the biggest albums of all time. So um, I don't really have anything else to say about that other than, it, in my opinion, it's just one of the greatest songs ever written. Yeah, I know. I know that's you've you said many, many times. I think you can go back to our first podcast. That's your favorite song. Know that about you for a long time. Um, great tune. Um, yeah, I man. I don't really have much else to say. Okay. I think it's a good tune. All right, so we're gonna go from Prince Purple Rain to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and a song called "The Waiting," um, one of his early '80s hits. 
Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to see him uh, play this, and we saw him in concert a couple of weeks ago. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> we saw plenty of other good music. The Waiting, uh, it's one of my favorite song of, songs of his. I can't really tell you why. It's just one, when I hear it, it makes me feel good, and I, I really enjoy it. And on, It's on all my Tom Petty playlists that I have, and um, one that I, I listen to quite often, even go to YouTube a lot. You'll see that they did a run of shows with Pearl Jam, and Eddie Vedder would come on stage and uh, sing it with him. So... Um, Chris, uh, The Waiting, Tom Petty. Petty doesn't put out much that's not great, so I would assume you're okay with this song. I am. You know, if I had to pick a Petty song, I, I don't. I really don't know where I'd begin. You know, I, I think um, I love that one. I know that American Girls up there, uh, Louisiana Rain. I know mm-hmm. that's a, a random one, but that's that one. Walls from the uh, She's the One soundtrack. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, he's just a guy that's put out so many great ones that, I don't know, is it really, is, is there really one that's wrong to pick? Yeah, that you could have picked, could be any, any of 40 or, or 50 songs on him, which is saying a lot for him. Uh, probably of, probably of everybody that we're going to mention today, he would have the most to choose from. Um, well, my next one is going to be one that would have just gotten on my list in the last few months. Thanks to my co-host. It's a song off the Gaslight Anthems album handwritten called May. And we have talked on this song, on this show numerous times. There are very few people that can write music like Brian Fallon and deliver it with the emotion that he does that's the right amount of emotion at the right time in the song. I don't know better how to explain that. But this song, I absolutely love. In given time, it's probably going to wind up in my top ten of all time. That album, I cannot quit listening to it from beginning to end. And this song, just it makes you think of somebody you were close with in high school and you know your lives have have separated and something bad has happened to you in your life and you just wish hey i just wish i could go back with the girl i knew in high school and just get in the car and crank some tunes you know and and that would make everything all right that's that's the kind of the 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 way the song makes me feel chris i know they're one of your favorite bands um i know you've said they've never put out anything you didn't like so um i'm pretty sure uh you're not going to have an issue with may no, I, you know, I tweeted just the other day. You, you saw this, and I, I, I let you know. I tweeted to Brian Fallon. You know, he, I, I know he's a huge Afghan Wigs fan, which anybody listening to this knows how much I love the Afghan Wigs. And I said to Brian Fallon, it's like the fact that you love the Afghan Wigs so much is even more reason to love your music as if I needed another. And I, I said, you absolutely can do no wrong. And that's the way I feel about the guy. That song... Yes, it's incredible, and kind of where you're going with this, and I've, I've, I've said this before, but and I know this is where you're going, is there anybody in music that emotes better than him in a song? I don't know that there is past or present. Right, I agree with you. I mean, he's, I mean he, he just he, he sells it. That's what I was just saying. He sells the song himself. There, there, he doesn't have to do anything else. He sells it with, with his emotion. Yes, and he he may not be the greatest singer of all time. I actually think he's a an incredible singer, but 
whatever he does lack as far as vocal prowess, which I, I think he's not lacking very much, but whatever he does lack, he makes up for it with his emotion. And we're going to say this time and time again. If you're listening to us and if you're, if you're starting to trust us a little bit, I mean, even a little bit of, as far as our musical taste, and you don't know the Gaslight Anthem, anthem you don't know Brian Fallon, Fallon by everything he's ever put out. You won't be disappointed. I agree. Well, Chris, my next song is going to be uh, an ACDC song, the song Who Made Who. And one of the reasons I'm choosing this, this was my first introduction to ACDC when I was growing up. This is the first song I've heard of theirs. And I've always liked it. I love the tempo. Uh, I love the chorus on it. Uh, it's just a good ACDC song. Um, you know, I really don't have anything else to say than it was my first you know, exposure to ACDC, and I've just always loved the song. And so when I listen to ACDC, this one usually gets played. Makes me think of um, the uh, Stephen King movie, Maximum Overdrive. Right, yeah, it was a soundtrack. Yeah, it always makes me think of that. But yeah, good tune. All right, my next one that I'm going to do is a song by Radiohead. I'm going to preface this with I'm not a huge Radiohead fan. It's a song off, off OK Computer called Let Down. And um, this is a sad, sad song if you read the lyrics. But it's one of those instances of the way the music is played and kind of how York sings it. It's, doesn't, it's, it's not as, it sounds happier than it really is. If you read the lyrics, basically it's about people walking around in life knowing that life has passed them by and life is disappointing. Uh, hey, what album? That's off OK Computer. Okay. And uh, it, it, it's it's different sounding, in my opinion, than, than the other songs on OK Computer. And they've just recently started playing it again live. But um, I, I love it when I listen to uh, Radiohead, which is not often. Uh, this is one that's always going to get a spin for me. Well, I'm going to go back, and, I, and this is the one thing I can promise you. I'm going to listen to this song tonight because I told our mutual friend Shannon that I was – uh, what we are doing and you know he was saying how that, that seems like a near impossible topic and i said hey no 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 like we're not ranking we're just not we're just discussing songs and i told him i was like hey but i can at least tell you what my favorite song is and he replied and said that this is his favorite song and i'm not familiar so the fact that you love it so much and shannon said it's his favorite song i'm listening to it tonight yeah go go listen to it i think you'll uh you'll enjoy it and it's um it has a lot more melody and rhythm to it than a lot of Radiohead releases, which for me is a good thing. So uh -huh. um, let's see here. I'm running out. Of, running out. I'm going to go with uh, Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd, and I'm specifically going to go with the version that was on their live album Pulse. And the reason I'm doing that is, A, it's, it's mixed perfectly, but the guitar solo, uh, it's an extended version of the solo on the album, and in my opinion, this one specific version on this one night, it's my favorite guitar solo of all time. And I've seen Roger Waters twice. I'm going to see him again in about two months. And this will be the highlight of the show, regardless of what else happens, because Comfortably Numb is one of my favorite songs of all time. I uh, was able to see this performed, 
uh, with when he performed the wall from the third. I was on the third row, dead center. He literally stood directly in front of us when he sang the chorus. I mean, um, did the verses. And so uh, I know it's an iconic song. Um, people that like Pink Floyd are going to love it, but even people that don't like Pink Floyd have heard of it and know it. So that one specific version that's on the live uh, album Pulse to me is as good as it gets, especially the guitar solo. And Chris, I know by virtue of you living down the street from us in college, you saw this, the video of this one a time or two. I did. And, you know, no matter what version, just what you're talking about as far as the, the guitar playing remarkable in that song. Uh, I, I think that song is as iconic of a Pink Floyd song as there is. Yeah, I do too. And it's, it's so much fun live all right chris i've got just a few more and one of them is a, a curveball um this may be if you if we were doing an episode which we probably will in the future on 80s music and as far as like songs that you think of when you think of the 80s you know that were just from by 80s bands <laughs> i'm gonna get killed over this but who cares uh hungry like the wolf by duran duran I love man, my sister, my sister would love you right now forever. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just being honest here. I love the song. Uh, uh, if I just want in a good mood, want to have some fun, uh, Duran Duran's "Hungry Like the Wolf" is uh, is going to get played, especially if it's late at night. So uh, I'll bypass you making fun of me on that one. And I, I'm not going to make fun. You know, my my when I when I said my sister would love you on this one, it, it was her favorite band growing up. I mean, as Growing up a kid in the 80s, when I say a kid in the 80s, I mean a little kid. And she was a little bit older. This was her favorite band, and this is still her favorite band. And it's funny you bring them up. She just sent me a video just the other day that two of the guys from Dran Dran, their kids have a band. Like, I mean, again, two the drummer and the guitar player, they they're, both their sons have a band together. Um, she loved these guys, and... You know, at the time, I didn't really love it, and it took me a long time, and I'm still not huge into them, but I think they're a talented band, and, and one thing I'll always say about these guys is John Taylor, who was her idol, that, that was like her, you know, team beat, whatever, super crush. John Taylor's a fantastic bass player, and to me, that is what stands out about their music more than anything, is John Taylor's playing. So, yeah, and as a side note, too, if anybody, if, if you haven't heard this album, you can find it. Really good album. I don't even know if you've heard this, David, but uh, it's a band called The Neurotic Outsiders. John Taylor plays bass. Duff McKagan plays guitar. And uh, Steve Jones of the Sex Pistols sings. Wow, that's interesting. So it's, it's a really good album. So just, just as a side note, anybody listening out there, if you happen to be a, a John Taylor fan, and you like his playing, check out the Neurotic Outsiders. They only did the one album. Well, I have two left, and I'm going to go with the song Beautiful Day by U2. A little backstory on that. When that song came out, I, I was going through kind of a rough <clears throat> a rough patch in my life and kind of a dark time, and there was a radio station nearby that at 7 o'clock every morning they played Beautiful Day. And so I would set my alarm clock to go off, and that would be the first thing that I would that I would hear was a "Beautiful Day," and the song just always makes me feel good. It puts me in a good mood. Um, saw them live, and you know, obviously, 
there's a big production whenever they play live, and, and you know, it's a big production on this song, but I can't say anything negative about it. I love it. I know a lot of, you know, diehard U2 fans, you know, don't like this period of, of their career, but to me, it's a great song. It's a fun song. It's an uplifting song. And, you know, not every, not every song has to be sad to be good. Sometimes there are happy songs or uplifting songs that are good. And so this is just one that's always made me feel good and uh, makes me happy, and I enjoy it. And so um, I listen to it a lot. Makes me think of uh, the uh, Social Distortion live at the Roxy. You know, Mike Ness says, you guys want to hear a happy song? I'm sorry, homie. We don't know no happy songs. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, man, there's nothing wrong with a happy song. It's really not, um, despite what David Bowie has said. Um, you know, I no, just, it's, good, I, it's, it's funny. I just read that quote today by Bowie. I'll keep, oh, yeah. I'll keep the happy to myself. Yeah. 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 So um, I, go ahead. No, but it, it, that's a good song, man. It's one of the better songs they've done in recent years. Well, I have one. I have several more here, but I'm just going to wrap it up with one more because um, I could I could go all night. Uh, let's see, any mini money mo, which one I'm going to go with? Uh, it's another... Just spit out, spit out two or three of them if you can't get okay. out. Just just say, say them like two or three in a row. Okay. No, I won't even I won't um, even say anything. The song Forty Five by Gaslight Anthem off Handwritten. I love that song. Um, the song Strange by REM. I know it's technically it's a cover song. They altered the lyrics a little bit. Uh, I really love Document. It may be my second favorite REM album, and the song Strange is one that I love. And then I'm going to go with Sweet Virginia by the Rolling Stones on Exile on Main Street. And that's going to uh, that's going to conclude my list, Chris. Love the Sweet Virginia pick, by the way. Great song. Um, I've already said I love that album. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with mine. And, you know, a lot of these, we, we, I had already kind of sent you some tags. A lot of them you're going to, you're going to know a lot of them you're not. And there's at least one that I know you're not going to even, you're, you're, you're probably not going to even know the artist, but you know what? We, we, you and I always talk about, we, we hope that we can turn people on to new music. And so maybe that's what I do tonight. So I'm going to just start out with, you know, we talked about favorite songs and I'm going to, I'm just going to lead off with what is my, you know, it, it's tough for me to pick this, but the way I say it is, gun to my head, I've got to pick one. I'm going with The Cure, Just Like Heaven. I think it is the most perfect, just pop, just rock song. I mean, everything from the music to the vocals to the lyrics. I This is the one song, this, this is kind of like my criteria for this this list anyway this is the one the one song if, if i'm out anywhere if i'm in a restaurant if i'm in a bar wherever i am if i hear this everything around me stops the every all my surroundings stop it just it hits me like no other song well you never cease to amaze me and uh, i mean that's a good song i, I just never would have giving your taste i never would have thought that would have been you know, your favorite, one of your favorites. I love the song. It's fun when you hear it coming on. Yeah. That's a good time. Yeah. And since we were, since we've talked about, you named a couple of REM songs, I'm going to go, you, you mentioned the album document. I'm going to go with one that even though a lot of my songs are going to be, people may not know. I'm going to go with one that everybody knows. And uh, that's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. I think if I had to pick a quintessential song that just is REM. That's probably what I would pick because it's kind of that 
it's that middle ground between the the college radio and when they're just starting to touch on the mainstream. I can still I can still see in my head right now that video of the kid with the skateboard in an abandoned house, and that song to me is absolutely perfect. And REM did a lot of perfect songs, but that's the one again. If I'm out anywhere and I hear that song, my surroundings, everything about it, everything stops. Yeah, fun song, fun song when you see them play it live. All the girls like it and know it, and nobody knows all the words to it, and so it's a lot of fun whenever you hear it. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that one. Definitely nobody knows all the words. Okay, I'm going to go with next. Um, this is gonna be, I'm going to go with another one that you know before I start throwing all the, the crazy stuff your way. I'm going to go with... Um, this one might be a little bit surprising, but again, just a a great, great song. Just perfection in songwriting. And that's the Beach Boys Good Vibrations. And I don't I'm, there's not much I can say about that other than the harmonies just to this day just give me chills. Yeah, you know, that music is um I lean more on music affecting me more with a lot of the instrumentation, uh, more so than the vocals. But that is a, an example of the vocals to me just overshadowing everything else. I mean, that song could be a cappella, and it would be probably just as good. That breakdown just, it is absolutely amazing. And I never get tired of that song. And it's really, you know, you, you mentioned a lot of Stone songs and stuff like that, and that's probably the only really classic old, old song that I have on my list. But And I could have easily put a Beatles or a Stone song. But, again, what what is the song where everything around me stops? And if as far as those old songs, that, that does it for me. I just love that song. I think it's perfection. Yeah, I my, can't, um, can't argue with that. My next one is a, a band you're going to be very familiar with. The song... I know I have told you about it, and, and I know you said you were going to listen to it, but um, the band is Soul Asylum, and I know everybody knows Soul Asylum, and they think of you know somebody to shove and and black gold and misery. Yes, all all these great great songs, you know, all of them are great, but the one that to me is a song called Cartoon, and it's off of Hang Time. I can't explain why I love this song so much. I played this for an ex-girlfriend one time, and her reaction, I think, is probably what a lot of people's reaction would be. She said, there's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. But I don't understand why that's one of your favorite songs. And if if the casual person just goes and listens and looks up looks up Soul Asylum, looks up Cartoon, there's a good chance that's going to be re- their reaction. But to me... I just love this song, and I could literally put it on a repeat and listen to it ten times in a row, and never once want to change it. Yeah, I haven't gotten around to uh, listening to it, but you know, it's it's it sounds like it's one of those things. Sometimes there's just things you can't explain, and you just for whatever reason like them without any explanation, and that's what's great. That's what's great about music. You know, I, you obvi- obviously you and I share a lot of common artists and bands that that we really like but then the songs that we like from them i may hate and you may love you know yeah and so there's just really no there's no predicting like the, there's some of the songs that i did that 
I can't tell you, you know, sit down and write a paper on why I like the song. I just like the song. And so this sounds like that's one of those instances for you. So, yeah, some of them are easy. You know, again, I'm going to go back. To, I'll go back to In the World If We Know It or Just Like Heaven. Again, everything around me, it just stops. I can't explain it. Well, I'm not going to go just anywhere in here, cartoon. Right. But there's something about that song. It's just, it's such a great tune. And I wish more people knew that song. And if you, you know, if you, if you know, Soul Asylum, which I know if you're listening to this, you do know Soul Asylum. Listen to that one. Again, it's off of it's off of an album called Hang Time. Next, I've got to go with, you know, it, one thing I noticed, David, I thought was interesting is you weren't really naming songs from your favorite bands. And as I've done this, and I kind of started thinking about different songs, I, was run, I, I noticed the same thing about myself. You know, I don't have, there's a lot of bands on here. There's, there's, there's no there's no Uncle Tupelo on here. There's no Afghan Wigs. I've got R.E.M., but a lot of my favorite bands aren't on here. But doesn't mean we like them any less. It's just songs that really hit us. And, and But this is one where it is a band. You know, I've, I've said this is my favorite band, but Social Distortion, Prison Bound. And I know if I only relied on the album version, it might not be. But it's kind of like what you're talking about, the Pink Floyd version. And and I know getting a, a, a good live version of Prison Bound is a little bit tougher to find. But I know of, of all the many times I've seen them live, this song to me is just, I love the music. And when you hear it live, the piano intro, and this is the one, If I always say that, that Mike Ness, and I've said this before on this podcast, he is the punk rock version of Johnny Cash. And lyrically, there's no song that makes him more the punk rock Johnny Cash than this one song. And, you know, again, the studio version, it's not quite like seeing him live, but it had to go on there. Well, see, that, that's interesting you say that because um, I, I, I'll give you uh, one from my favorite band that it wasn't until I saw live that I fully embraced it and that's a song by the black crows off the album lines called soul singing and i saw them play it live and it made me go back and go man you know i kind of skipped over that one that that one's really good and uh that's cool that you know you were able to take the make the live version uh kind of make you respect the studio version even more that's a good song you know i i rated it uh fairly highly on our social d episode mm-hmm. so can't complain with that one at all. Okay. But next, I'm, this is going to be the one where, if again, some of these that are going to come up, you're going to know that you're going to know the artist, but you may not be that familiar with the song. This is one where I know you're probably not going to know the artist, and it's you know music, you know more than most people I know. So saying you don't know this, most people don't know this, but it's a band called Blitz. And they're they're UK band, um, and they're they're a, what's categorized as as a oi punk, and this comes goes dates back to the early eighties. There's a song called New Age, and uh, we'll have to post this on the uh, you know on the social media so people can hear this. It's going to be a little bit harder to find, and I didn't know this song until probably about four years ago or so. An ex girlfriend of mine who uh, she grew up 
in Southern California. And actually, actually I say Southern California, more towards San Francisco. So I guess more Northern actually. But, um, she grew up in that area and she's just, she was a total punk rock chick in high school. And her friends and her, they were really big into this, this song, this band. And she played it for me one day. And it was one of those ones that, you know, when you hear something, it sometimes songs, it takes a little bit to hit you. It was the, it was one of these songs that it grabbed me instantly. And I even sent it to our friend Shannon. And, um, I remember I, I I text him the, the song and you know, he's, he's a little bit, he's a little bit hard on music sometimes that we love and it takes him a little bit longer, especially, but if, he it's, me- especially if it's after 1994. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was probably like early eighties. This was early eighties. So he was that you're probably explaining something right there, but he heard this one. He's like, man, that is great. And, um, again, a band called blitz song, new age, if nothing else, just look it up on YouTube. We'll post a video. Great, great, great song. Um, I think the singers now passed away, but you know, they're they're I know they're a blimp on the map of music, or just a you know, very forgotten band. But that song just always gets me going. Um, next, I'm gonna go with uh, it's maybe the first time we've heard this band. I know it's gonna come from a later episode as far as bands that were hugely influential but little success and that's a band called Husker Du they have a song off of uh, I think it was it might have been their last album album was uh, Candy Apple Grey but they have a song called Don't Wanna Know If You're Lonely um, or Don't Wanna Know If You Are Lonely and Husker Du had two different vocalists and the one that everybody knows is um, Bob Mould and this is this is the other guy I think his name's uh, Gary Hart. This song to me is just a great punk rock song. And it's been in movies. I, I know in particular it's in um, Adventureland, a movie with uh, Kristen Stewart and Jesse Eisenberg, which is one of my favorite movies. It's just, um, I don't know. I mean, when I say punk, it's not crazy, just out there punk, but it's just a catchy tune. Um, I know Davey probably don't have a whole lot on that one. But no, I, know I, you're mean, familiar I, with the band. I know who they are and, and you know, have, have listened to their music. I I'm certainly don't know enough to really talk with any authority other than, you know, a lot of a lot of people list them as an influence. And I know uh, Bob Mould, I think, went on to have a somewhat successful solo career. Um, solo, he also was in a band called Sugar, which uh, if if there's a, I can't think of the name of it right now, but there's a song, if I, if I played it for you right now, off of a, off of, I think they did a couple albums. When I played a song from Sugar, you would recognize it from probably your high school days. I mean, mm-hmm. without question, it was one of those. It was when this whole alternative phase just kind of started kicking in. It was one of the songs that was on all over radio. Okay. Um. Next, I'm gonna go with. Uh, and, and notice, you're, you're probably catching a trend here. I went with. I kind of. I went with the ones you know right off the bat. And now that I know that some of these songs are a little more less known, but um. Two I'm going to go with, I mean, I'll just name these off one one after another. The Jesus and Mary Chain, Head On, I'm sure you know that tune, and uh, The Pixies, Where's My Mind. Two songs you're probably familiar with, but bands that are both kind of that early early stage of the uh, what became the alternative movement. And um, I just love both of these songs. 
Yeah, I mean, I know, I know the bands. I'm not real familiar with their, you know, their output. But yeah, I know you see them mentioned a lot as influences for other people. So, but all I can well, say is that I'm going to give you one that that you are going to know. I'm going to throw this in because you did mention a Gaslight Anthem song, and I'm going to throw one out there as well. This one is a little bit of a lesser known because it's on the EP, uh, Senior and the Queen, Blue Jeans and White T-Shirts. If I had to pick a Gaslight song as my favorite, this is probably it. And back what we were talking about as far as just emoting, that breakdown towards the end, you know, probably in about the last 30, 45 seconds, just it, it literally sends chills up my spine. I just, I think this, for a band that has had so many perfect songs, this is the one that I've got to pick is probably my favorite one. That's saying a lot because, like we said, even their songs that aren't good compared to their other songs are still better than most people's songs. And you're right. I really like this song. I have it on my uh, my Gaslight Anthem playlist for sure. And it is a good one, and you're correct. He does deliver the emotion on this one. Yeah, and, and, and going with that, another, another next one I'm going to do is another newer band, like the Gaslight Anthem, that you're probably familiar with the name of this band. You, you don't, and this is going to be one I'm going to tell you that the bands that I've turned you on to as far as recent, this may be the best chance of, I mean, I'm saying this, I know this is hot. This is big time words I'm about to say, and you're, so you may not like it, but I'm going to say if the, if, of all the bands that we've discussed and all bands that I've turned you on to, Gaslight is the one that really, I, that you identified with. If there's one other band I'd try to turn you on to, it'd probably be a band called the Airborne Toxic Event. And their first album self-title there's a song on there called sometime around midnight and it's brian fallon type emoting and the lyrics everything about this song is perfect and you you, you got to listen to it you got to hear the lyrical content i mean basically it's a girl that broke his heart and he's out there seeing he's seeing her out in public and uh it's painful to listen to it but the song is is amazing and that is one band I would say, check these guys out. They're born a toxic event. I mean, they, they're not quite like the Gaslight Anthem, but they're another one of those bands where you buy everything he's selling lyrically. Um, great, great lyricist. So that being said, I'm going to um, give just a couple more. I'm going to go with... Um, one that is going to, this is the one where I told you I'm, I've got one that's going to probably make you just scratch your head and say, what? <laughs> I, this, this is, are you serious? So brace yourself. Lou Reed and Metallica oh. off of Lulu, Junior oh. Dad. Oh. Junior Dad, there's something about that song that just, it moves me. And the one thing, I knew you were not going to be a big fan of this one. But I did pull this up. I'm going to get on the computer real quick. And I, I'm looking at the stuff on here. It's um one thing. I'm going to read a couple of quotes on here. It says, uh, as I'm looking this up, it says, The personal nature of this 19-minute meditation is made evident by the fact that Lou Reed doesn't want to talk about it. He told Mojo Magazine, it's a very difficult, that one. I'll leave that alone for us. You heard it. It does what it does. Some things you don't explain. Now, 
here's the part that you, that I wanted. I really wanted to read, and I think you may still leave this podcast hating this song, and that's okay. But I think you're going to appreciate this. I'm going to read this one little. Just bear with me. It says on hearing the completed song for the first time, both lead guitarist Kirk Hammett and singer James Hetfield were reduced to tears. I had just lost my father literally three or four weeks previously, Hammett explained to Mojo. I had, run, I had run out of the control room, and I found myself standing in the kitchen sobbing away. And something else extraordinary happened right after that. James came into the kitchen in the same condition. He was sobbing, too. It was insane. He managed to take out both guitar players and Metallica in one fell swoop with his amazing poetic lyrics. And he came into the kitchen, and he was laughing. He looked at James and I and said, that's a good one, huh? And there's something about that song, and I know it's, I know it's about. A, nobody really knows completely where it is. Like, I guess that's for, open for interpretation, but I know it's about. I guess a strained relationship with your father, and, and I don't have that. Luckily, I've got a very good relationship with my father, but there's just something about that song. I just hear this purity in the song, and it just it moves me. And I don't know how else to say that every time I hear it. And I know for the vast majority of people listening to this podcast, I lost all credibility <laughs> just now by naming a song off of Lulu. But that song just gets to me every time I hear it. And I could literally put that on repeat. Well, I, I owe it to you to go give that one a listen. But that's going to be the only one I'm going to listen to off that album. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Although the first song, Brandon Brocade, is amazing. Oh. But um, but listen, listen to that song, Junior Dad. Um, you know, one other thing. As a, actually, now I'm looking at this. One other thing I didn't want to read too says uh, radio personality Howard Stern was one of many who originally dismissed the Lulu album when it dropped. He was subsequently won over by the epic track. I listened to it at least ten times over. He raved. It's fantastic. The whole thing is just very moving. I was moved to tears, and the music is as good as any symphony. I think if you sit and listen to it for 19 minutes, it will just wash over you. I'm telling you, this is a great song. Stern concluded, I listened to it at least 10 times, and it got better and better and better. So I don't think I'm alone in this one, but I realize people, if, if you look at me a little bit differently and you and you – you know, have a little bit less respect for my opinion. I get it, but <laughs> go back and let's go back and try it again. Um, I'm going to go with a couple of, before I go with, the, I, I did want to name a few country songs before I do that. I just want to say, I'm going to go being in from Memphis, Tennessee. I can spend a lot of time on this, but Elvis Presley, suspicious minds. Yes. That song is amazing. It's the best Elvis song of all time. Um, Springsteen, I could pick so many, and I'm. I know I always say that I I, I love um, Badlands, but really, if I'm gonna pick a song, it's just moving, epic. It's got to be either Thunder Road or Jungle Land. Take your pick. Amazing. Um, but I did. I told I told David I didn't want to. After listening to these favorite listening to these favorite songs, I wanted to talk about just briefly. A three favorite country songs, and I know you could make, you can put that into your favorite songs period, but I wanted to set them out as a side note. Um, my favorite country song of all time is Chris Christopherson's "Sunday Morning Coming Down." I know Johnny Cash just covered this, but it's Chris Christopherson's version. 
like we keep talking about, it's a matter of selling the song, and he sells it so much more than cash. It is the most beaten down, broken man I think I've ever heard in that song. And it's a perfect country song. And then the two other, Johnny Cash, I Walk the Line, and George Jones, He Stopped Loving Her Today, which I know I'm the idiot on this one, but I just recently really, really paid attention to the lyrics of He Stopped Loving Her Today. and I'd never really quite known what it was about, and it's heartbreaking. That's my list. That's a good list. Um, the, the country songs were really good. And you're right. It, it's very interesting that um, our favorite bands were not well uh, well represented on our list. I think one of those reasons is sometimes if it's a band that, that you're not necessarily just a huge fan of, although there are many that I listed I'm huge fans of, if they have a good song, it sticks out more than, let's say, if I'm listening to the Black Crows, well, I think about 85% of the stuff they put out is really good. So it kind of all blends in, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think we have a single song uh, that can stick out to you, especially if it's by a band, you know, that you don't that you don't list as one of your favorites. It's going to stick out to you more than, than others, I think. Yeah, and I think that we sometimes, we, we want to say, you know, like, for example, Afghan, Afghan Wigs or the Black Crows for you. We almost force ourselves to pick something because I was doing that. I was looking at all the Afghan wig songs and it kind of goes back to what I'm saying. Most of these songs that I've named, it's not just a matter of, oh, it's a good song. It's songs that they literally stop me dead in my tracks no matter what I'm doing. And as much as I love the Afghan wigs or <coughs> Uncle Tupelo, it may not be that there's one particular song that absolutely just floors me and drops me dead in my tracks. Their albums, I think, are perfect. Their songs are great. But these ones that we listed, or at least that I listed for mine, for the most part, they are songs that I think are just, they just have an effect on me. And a lot of the ones that I named, it's an emotional thing. You know, maybe not so much something like Blitz, New Age. It's not really going to, lyrically, the feel of it, that's a bad example. Although I love that song. But something like, the cure just like heaven or you know i named um from lulu junior dad or if i name i mean any of the a lot of these songs that i named or the, the gaslight anthem that song they're songs that i can be in the middle of doing anything and they just grab a hold of me in a way that i can't explain and it's the reason that i love music well, Chris, I'm a little disappointed, though, in some of your picks. I, I was thinking there would at least be something from Pretty Boy Floyd and Sleazebees. <laughs> hey, Stranger Than Paradise is a great song. <laughs> great, great song. So if anybody's listening to this and you want your glam, I think I just won you over when I said that you know, Stranger Than Paradise is a great, great song. And Electric Boy, was it uh, Leather Boys with Electric Toys from Pretty Boy Floyd is one of the the great glam gems. Yeah, people, we're going there. It's soon. Yeah, it'll be here soon. Well, Chris, (laughs) uh, before we leave, not to bring you down or anything, uh, Gun to Your Head, favorite Chris Cornell song? Man. Um... Give me a second. If you, I think you already know yours, or you wouldn't ask me this. So you go and give me yours, and let me think about this for a second. Mine is a toss-up uh, between My Wave off Super Unknown and the song Super Unknown. Okay. Um, 
man, that's tough. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple that I think that um, when I listen to the your, your early stuff, first of all, off Louder in Love, I love the song Big Dumb Sex. And I love off uh, Bad Motor Finger, Outshined. Love that song. But as far as when they became kind of more in the, in the mainstream, if I have to pick one of the more well-known mainstream songs, I'm probably going to go with Fell on Black Bays. That's a great team. I mean, that, that's probably going to be my, at least with the mainstream. Well, geez, now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of hard not to pick something like um, like uh, Say Hello to Heaven. Right. Especially when you when you think about what's going on right now with him with with us losing him. Right. Um, obviously, I'm not doing very well with this. You said "Gun to Your Head" one song, and I'm naming like four or five of them. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there were a lot of them. There were a lot of good ones. There were. Sadly, he's gone. Let's hope uh, we're not doing an Eddie Vedder episode anytime soon. Um, I hope not, man. I mean, hopefully, he can be the one guy that is you know, the Springsteen or the Tom Petty of grunge that, you know, when we're, when we're 55 years old, they're still on tour. <laughs> well, I mean, they still sell out everywhere they go. So I'm sure they will be. Um, I know. I, I think they will, as long as they stay together. I mean, as long as Eddie better stays going, um, you know, well, this like is- I said, he's, he's the last, he's the last one of that era. Let's keep him around. Well, this is going to uh, wrap up this week's episode, and uh, this won't be the last time we do a favorite songs um, um, podcast. Every it's just like favorite albums. Um, maybe in six or seven weeks, we need an easy week, and these are easy weeks for us. Um, not sure what we're going to do next weekend for Memorial Day, so Chris and I'll have to talk that over. But maybe uh, we may have. Take, we may take Memorial Day off. Uh, we'll just see. Or if we're not, it, we may record it later in the week. But uh, they'll definitely for sure get back on schedule the week after that. So I want to thank everybody for listening, especially our new listeners. Uh, thank you very much. Please subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Digital Killed, on Instagram at Digital Killed the Radio Star. And like us on Facebook at the Digital Killed the Radio Star podcast. Hope everybody has a good week and a safe Memorial Day weekend. Thank you for listening.